Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Oh, my God. He's doing hand puppets. Hello. Yeah, it's talking. Only when I'm talking. How nice. So that hand puppet's me. Is that your right hand, Ben? Because that's fucked up. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, Ben. Hey. You're still doing the hand puppets. I thought you would stop after we laughed. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. I mean, you know, I'm kind of in the mood to watch a movie, I guess. Worse than normal, because it's not 6 a.m. when we normally do these convention prep episodes. No, it's actually, on God, it's kind of, I'm going to spoil something. We've recorded two episodes today. We're really early on the first episode being done. Yeah, like, it's kind of great. We normally don't start recording the second one until like 6 p.m. It's 3.30. Yeah. Now, we did, we normally we go get food, but we didn't do that today, because Ben has shit to do. But still, we're making some pretty good time. I might actually have some time to myself on a weekend day that isn't, you know, working, basically. Yeah, and he's just going to spend it editing? Well, I kind of have to. But unrelated. We, look, we got a lot of episodes coming out lately. We're doing... Okay, you got to stop with these hand puppets. They're going to make me lose my mind. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin, those hand puppets are already... Get, I'm about to punch you in your hands. No! <laughs> I will come across this fucking... I'll, I'll cross... A, Anyway, what are we doing today, Ben? Today, we're watching Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Fuck, I missed. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had something to throw at you that wasn't going to actually hurt you right now. I almost threw my glass at you, but that would hurt. You threw a roll of toilet paper at me. (laughs) Not going to get into why he has that in his room, but... I have really bad allergies. Sure. No, I really sure you do. No, like I'm allergic to dogs, and I have a dog that sheds really bad, <laughs> so I have to blow my nose a lot. Fair, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready to do this? If you stop the hand puppets, I'm ready. I'm I'm over it. This <laughs> this bit has gone too far. We don't record video. You're only doing it to piss me off. Yes. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Why is this one so much more feral than the last one? <laughs> It was like 10 minutes between them. All we did was go pee. Well, yeah, but I'm just staring deeply into the <laughs> eyes of a cartoon character. He's not helping. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're watching Return of the Living Dead Part 2 for this one. If Ben didn't already say that, I, cu- I couldn't hear. He's shaking his hands because they're probably sore from doing hand puppets for the last five minutes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> he says he's ready, begins <laughs> texting someone or something. <laughs> Oh my god! I forgot was to it? copy what year this was. Oh okay. I'm actually curious what year this was because I don't remember when Return of the Living Dead Part One came out. It was like '85 or '86 or something, if I remember correctly. I'm probably wrong. Okay, so this film came out in 1988. Okay. If you're asking when the first one came out, it came out in 1985. That's what I thought. Okay. So it's been about three years. It's not since too the last long one. of a distance. Like too long. I mean, yeah, it's not too bad. Hell, there's ten years between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, so... Yeah. All right, description. They're back for revenge. Hell yeah, they are. Maybe from the grave. This is... Is this the first zombie film we watched on the show? Uh... No, we watched Wreck before this. Yeah. This is the first, like, living dead... True zombie film, because Wreck is a demon film, technically, if you watch the second one. Also, they're not, like, super classic zombies. No. This is, like... The first classic zombie film we watched. Yeah, I remember when we watched that movie the Especially first time. Especially because the Dead franchise technically is at first unidentified assassins. Yeah. And then they're zombies, but they don't eat brains. No, they just eat, well, meat. Meat, yeah. These zombies eat brains. Meat. 
<laughs> we gotta stop doing. We gotta stop referencing Slither. <laughs> that movie's fine, but the meat thing just keeps coming back. Meat. <laughs> okay. Um, it's an hour and twenty nine minutes long. Okay. It's rated R. Hell yeah. Uh, review scores. IMDb gave it a five point seven out of ten. Tomato meter. You know what? We can skip the audience score. Audience score forty four percent. What do you think the audi- What do you think the tomato meter gave it? What do you think the critics rated this film? Oh, it's probably low. Cause like I like Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a critic film. It's fun. No, it's it's fun, and it's super like inventive. Like it created a bunch of tropes for zombies. Yeah, eleven percent lower. I'm nodding. Two higher. Five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't act like that's better. Well, look, I, I'm only saying this because we watched the first one and I liked it. And I, I'm more okay with a zombie film not being a, like, because if it's just like critics don't like it because it's sort of a nothing movie or you watch a bunch of zombies just get annihilated, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Ben's, oh no. <laughs> okay. This better not be a Halloween 5 situation. How, how do I put this in the least spoilerly way, way possible? I, okay, so you know how sometimes there's sequels that really slap? Yeah. Like, are really good? Oh, yeah. Like, Aliens? Yeah, like, uh, fucking Star Wars Episode 5? Yeah. And you know how sometimes there's sequels that don't do that? Yeah. Well, this might be one of those. But then they make a, there's like six of these after, there's like, yeah. They made a bunch after the sequel flopped this hard? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's normally not how it works, but okay. All right. Uh, for awards, it has three nominations. Uh, notable actors. Michael Kenworthy as Jesse Wilson uh, played Kevin Penny in The Blob, the 1988 remake. Ooh, we're watching that eventually. Susan Snyder as Brenda. She played Debbie Stone and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, but I don't want to watch that. Bob doesn't like clowns. I don't like clowns or, or go- space. Or space. <laughs> so that seems like a bad combination. <laughs> or I'm in. cool with killers. Or from. <laughs> killers are fine, but clowns in space. Marsha, I'm going to say diet lean or dit lean. It's diet and then L-E-I-N. I have no idea. Don't ask me. As Lucy Wilson, she played Venus and Getting Grace. Jonathan Terry as Colonel. Uh, he was Starker in Bob's favorite Halloween film, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I don't remember who that is. One of the goons. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Dana Ashbrook as Tom Essex, played Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks. He was on there from 1989 to 91, and he's in 30 episodes. Damn. Alan Trotman as Tarman. Hell yeah. He's Uh, back. He was also Tarman in the original. Oh, Uh, they kept the same Tarman actor. That's sick. The Return of the Living Dead. Because it's basically, I I think I've told you this before, which is why I was comfortable telling you. Uh, Now, Tarman's kind of like the mascot yeah. of this franchise because he's just such an iconic looking zombie. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's also the first zombie we see talk mm-hmm. and like do stuff. So it makes sense. So he's basically just thrown in most of the films as kind of like a, I don't want to say Easter egg, but essentially. Yeah. It's like the Pizza Planet truck in Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Don Maxwell is Billy's dad. Uh, he was Coach Ostro in A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. Oh, which one is that? That sounds like a later one. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't either. It's like because three Dream five. Warriors. Yeah. So I don't know what Dream Child comes in. We gotta watch those at some point. Philip Bruns as Doc Mandel. Uh, he played Frank Zabo in Flashdance, and then finally Mitch Pileggi as Sarge. Uh, he was Walter Skinner from the X Files, nineteen ninety four to twenty eighteen. He was on ninety one episodes. Damn. All right. Writer and directors Ken Wiederhorn. 
Um, he also wrote and directed Dark Tower along with a bunch of other people. It's a movie. There okay. was just two directors and multiple writers. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, budget on this film is estimated at six point two million. God bless. With a box office return of nine point two. Oh, yikes! Technically a success. Technically, it made anything money. over your anything over your your budget in, investment. Yeah, is a success. It's just you want a return of at least double, double to for it to be counted as like a financial success enough to get a sequel. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. I don't remember how well Return did originally because we watched that in season one, so I can't fucking remember. That I can is look it up really quick. Not good. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't. I don't even like by comparison. At least that is god awful. Like, yeah, nine million dollars is a lot of money, and you only made three million off the entire movie in profit. But that is not a lot. Uh, return was four million estimated, fourteen point two return. Yeah, almost four times. Yeah, and this movie barely made. Like a little over what it spent. Yeah, not not as great. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Country of Origin, United States, also known as Revenge of the Living Dead. That was the promotional title. Okay. Which is why my my little description was they're back for revenge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, tagline, which I think great tagline here. Just when you thought it was safe to be dead. Not bad. That's it. I have no no facts on this movie at all. How do you have none? I couldn't find anything interesting. <laughs> People hated it so much, they erased all record of it from the internet. <laughs> oh my god. That's Has that ever happened? I don't think that's ever happened. We've gotten kind of close before, but I pulled stuff out of my ass. This time I was like, not worth it. Really? Not worth it. Holy shit. All right. Damn. Like, there's some stuff I think we'll be able to talk about after it's done. Yeah. But, like, without owning a Blu-ray, there wasn't anything I could, like, easily find and confirm enough to feel confident saying. Okay. But also, from what I could find is, like, there hasn't been a lot of, like, <laughs> retrospectives or anything about this film. Damn. Kind of just faded. Okay. But, like, people, I know people like the later ones mm-hmm. in the series a lot. Well, people like this franchise. I don't know if you've heard anything about this movie. I don't know anything about this movie. So, we'll talk about this movie in a couple seconds. I guess, yeah. This might just be like a Halloween 4, 5, and 6 situation. <laughs> I haven't seen 6 yet. I haven't seen 6, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to I it. I learned something about 6, and I'm mad. He learned the epithet to the yeah. film. And now I don't want to watch it. Because <laughs> he, he heard the... This isn't even a spoiler, because it's the name of the film. Yeah. The, well, it kind of is. I hate when they do like really spoilery. Yeah, it, it is a spoiler, but, but it's not. warning. It's Halloween 6... The Cult of Michael Myers, which got Bob mad because he was like, it's a fucking cult movie. Stupid. Right. Get out of here. Uh, we're going to go watch this film. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished Return of the Living Dead Part 2. <sighs> <laughs> this is gotta, we got to stop. Why? This, this can't keep happening. I hate sequels sometimes. Like, I hate that people go, this movie was cool, let's make a second one. Sequels are a mixed bag because, especially sequels in, like, really big franchises. Yeah. Because you get to a point where how closely that film is associated, not only with, like, the original creators and cast, but how closely that film is associated with, like, even the original concept becomes really distant. And so you end up with films that are, like, they're either not, at the same quality at all or feel like completely different films and franchises. 
eventually, but usually that happens like five or six films in. Uh, yeah. Or at least three or four. Happens on two. Spoilers, guys. But uh, yeah, um, not not a good movie. Uh, yeah. I have my personal biases, but before we get into any of this, I'm just going to say I don't like it. It is disappointing. Very disappointing. Coming from, coming from a perspective of, I just watched Return of the Living Dead and I liked it. I'm going to watch part two. Don't do that. Yeah. You'll be sad. You'll be very sad. I Bob's in a better place because, like, we've had some... Like, it's been some time since we watched Return. Oh, yeah. We watched Return in the first season. <laughs> and also... So it's been, like, eight months, man. I kind of gave him some warnings. You heard him. Yeah. About how maybe the quality of this film. And also he had the review scores and everything. So he, he was kind of expecting it to not be as good. I would like to share my fun story of... I watched Return of the Living Dead for the first time. Loved it. It was my jam. And then Great. I was like, I want to watch the second one and put this movie on. And like immediately after, didn't look at anything, just put it on. And the best thing I can do to describe my experience is the amount of confusion <laughs> I had. Oh, my God. Because I put this movie on and I went, this is not, I must have put on the wrong film. It's a Blackwater situation. <laughs> it was not. It was, it was the right film, and I was disappointed. So on that note, I just want to say, no bueno. Yeah. All right. I guess I can do a description, right? It's not that complicated, so sure. No. In fact, it's like a shittier version of the first film. Yeah. Basically, plot-wise and everything that happens-wise. Yeah. Uh, basically, it starts with an army truck driving down the road, and there's a bump hit, and for whatever reason, the army's super incompetent in this film. Like, cartoon levels incompetent. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I just want to mention it now. That's kind of a thing you'll notice throughout this film. Is that this film is like a fucking cartoon. The first film's funny. Yeah. Return is funny. But it's funny in like a, a dark comedy kind of way to the point where it's dark and it's gritty and it's grim. But because some of the things are like so dark and fucked up, they make you laugh. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that there's... I'm going to spoil some things for Return right here. So warnings because that's a much better film if you haven't seen that at this point. Go watch Return if I'm you haven't sorry. seen it. But um, one of the jokes in that film really, really funny, is the doctor. Yeah. He's, he's I say a doctor, he's a mortician. But there's little references scattered throughout the entire film that he's just an escaped Nazi. <laughs> he definitely is. Who like, I'll buy it. now lives as a mortician and runs a funerary home and also, um, very fucked up, but cremation center. Yeah. Super fucking dark, but also funny because it's fucked up. Yeah. And that's kind of how that film is. And it works. It, it really does. This film was like, oh, that film's funny. Let's make a comedy movie and, um, and not a horror movie. It's not even funny. So I just wanted to say that right out of the bat because it, it's kind of irritating. It's kind of irritating. It was pissing me off. Yeah, Bob, <laughs> there was this gradual descent of Bob trying to give this film the benefit of the doubt as I was just like, I hate this. <laughs> this is the worst. This yeah. is why I hate this. And Bob was just like, no, it's okay. And then it progressively became more of, no. No, I'm done. How much longer is left? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can talk about it in a second, but I do have to actually describe the plot. I got off on a tangent. So the army is, like, cartoonishly incompetent. And basically, they're driving, like, the Humvees uh, that have, like, they look like the Oregon Trail wagon cars. You know what I'm talking about, where it's, like, the cloth canvas tops? Yeah. Anyways, they have the barrels, you know, from the first movie strapped down in those. Except they're more high-tech now. They have, like, a keypad and stuff assumedly the barrels of zombies from the return incident which they somehow managed to contain yeah it's not really explained but that's, they ugh. 
they put the the barrels in a truck that very specifically has an almost open back and only like a pickup truck style like closing gap, which is already really stupid because the barrels, the halfway point on the barrels is above where the door is on the back of the truck. So very clearly they can fall out. So shouldn't have put them in that truck to begin with. But then they have a strap that's keeping them in. The strap is so loose. And the strap is to begin with way too loose. And so, of course, they hit the tiniest bump imaginable. <laughs> and not one, not two, three. but three barrels fall off the truck, and no one notices. Why? Because for whatever reason, in this long convoy of trucks carrying literally world-ending chemicals, because trioxin is quite literally the scariest thing ever. Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm talking, like, horror substances from, like, movies... It's pretty high up there. Trioxin is probably the one I do not want to fuck with above everything else. Because 245-trioxin not only is toxic and kills you immediately, but it's also just, like, indestructible. Can't get rid of it. Well. (laughs) Anyways. I hate this movie so much. (laughs) Um... Anyways, three barrels fall out. Two of them just fall on the road. Don't know where they went. Fall over in the ditch. Assumedly, they're recovered. And one of them we get to see in a slow-mo freeze frame fall into the water. The implication here, later on, but I just need to point it out because it's so stupid, is that this barrel assumedly floats down the river. Into like this a sewer This metal barrel. Yeah. That is definitely much too heavy. Somehow floats super far downstream. So far downstream that the military can't find it. <laughs> I hate it. Anyways, that's the cold open. There's some good music in the cold open. Yeah. It reminds me of Return. That's like the, the only time we'll have that good music. Oh. And then we pick up with the main character of this film. And, I don't know, 10-year-old child? I would say 11. 11 or 12, maybe. And if that seems like a poor decision to have a child as the main character of a dark movie... About zombies eating people? It is. It is. This film, the best way I can describe it is it feels like a Goosebumps st- movie. Yeah. Both in quality of writing and in uh, humor and casting choices and horror. Yeah. But anyways, this kid gets dragged to a cemetery by these two bullies. Bullies? Friends, kind of. Who might actually be his friends. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Because they're like, they're being dicks and like bullying him, right? But he wants to be friends with them. Cause but they're... he also lent them his comic book. Yeah. Willingly. Anyways, they, drive, they drag him to a cemetery to like scare him, which, okay, they're like 11, I, I get. And our main character kid runs away. I want you to know I'm calling him main character kid because I don't know any of the characters' names. His name is Jesse. Maybe three. Is it Jesse? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jesse runs away, and he hides in a sewer drain. Yeah. Uh, it's basically one of those storm drain areas where it's like the big pipe set in like a concrete wall that dumps into a river. But he climbs up into that and hides behind a barrel, very obviously a barrel, and is immediately found by these bullies who then find the barrel and are like, cool, I want this, because they, they wipe it off because it's covered in dust, even though it's wet, in a wet area. And when they rub the dust off, it says, property of the army call call the number five something and um of course jesse's like we should call the army you should (laughs) have serious you should have and the other kids are like finders movie could have been over in 10 minutes help us drag this (laughs) into the light and so that's what they do because jesse sticks around for that and then um they start banging on it yeah and the top pops off the top's like rounded but it 
pops off and reviews the viewport, and we get to see uh, a zombie in there. So our first look at the zombies in this film. We'll talk about them later. But Jesse runs home because, like, he doesn't want to be there. Because they basically they looked into this canister and it has a fucking dead body in it. Oh yeah. Uh, but the other two kids are like, if you tell on us, we'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Very Stephen King right there. <laughs> Even in the sewer drain. So he runs home and his sister, who's like home alone with him, is like, hey, go do your homework. You're not allowed outside. And he goes up to his room and then decides to escape later that night to go check on the container. Because uh, while he's doing homework, he sees Billy and the other kid stagger home. The reason they staggered home is because after Jesse left, they decided to take a stick and start banging this container. They There's a control panel on this one. Uh, the older tanks were just welded shut. Yeah. Because why would you ever want to open why these things again? Why would you ever again? open it? Yeah. There's no reason to uh, because they contain like the deadliest substance ever because we learned in the first film, and they kind of say this in this film, Trioxin gas burns your skin. Which to me implies it can enter through your skin. Yeah. As well as through like everything. Super scary shit. Wouldn't ever want to release it. No. But for whatever reason, there's a control panel on this. And they hit the can once with a stick. Not even, I want to stress, on the control panel. Okay. And yet the glass breaks. Okay. I, I'll, I will say this. I, I get you're upset about this. But in the first film, Frank slaps that bitch one good time and it bursts open. Yes, he did. However... In the first film, we know that these canisters are from the original zombie incident, right? Okay, that's fair. And that original zombie incident, we know, happened years before Night of the Living Dead, the movie, was made. Yeah. Because that movie was based on that event. So Probably in the 40s or 50s. So that canister is probably like 40 or 50 years old. Yeah, and has been sitting in a basement <laughs> under the stairs where there's definitely water dripping and everything. Basically, yeah. it was a rusty, non-well-taken-care-of canister. And he banged it really hard because it's under pressure and it exploded. Sure. This one has a literal control panel to open it up. I was and trying not only to give the movie a little bit. No, man. because they bang the canister on the metal. And for whatever reason, the glass over the control button breaks. Which also, why is there glass over the control button? It's a control button. You need to access it. It was sealed. Not even like a flip. It's literally no, it's <laughs> bolted glass on there that apparently breaks at the... The weakest touch, but not falling into the river. Anyways, it's about to get stupider. Because the Billy beep-boops it. He literally pits four fives. And it opens. It does. Except it shouldn't have, because it starts blinking red, which is the universal response for that's not the password. Yeah. Except it goes all the way red and starts dumping the chemicals out of the can. Yeah. First of all, way too much for that size can. Oh, yeah. Like, enough to fill this tomb that they're standing in and the cemetery that just happens to be right next door. So stupid, because there's also a green light on there, which to me implies that, A, the proper pin should have been green, and green's the thing that would release, like, open the can, right? Yeah. That's not just me. But also, either the implication here is you get the wrong password and, and the can opens, you. which doesn't make sense. Or for whatever reason, they somehow got the right password immediately, and it's only 45. Anyways, those kids stumble home, and Jesse sees them later. And that's why he goes to check up on the can later, gets the number written down on a piece of paper, and also sees that like the viewport's been broken open. Yeah. And we get to see our Tarman cameo, which uh, isn't as good as the original Tarman. No, not as good. Uh, I will say... I think it's the best-looking zombie in this movie. Probably, yeah. Probably. More than likely. But I'll talk about the zombies later, but I, I'm not necessarily a fan. 
And this one specifically, I do think the original Tarman's better. And I'll, I'll talk about that when, I'm, when I'm talking about zombie effects. But I do want to get through this description. <laughs> description. For, it's, it's such a simple movie, but I'm I'm hard. I'm going hard on it because like I don't. I think there's a lot of issues. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of problems. And that's something we need to talk about. Anyways, obviously after the Tarman cameo, Jesse runs home again and freaks out about like there being zombies in the cemetery, even though he only sees one. Yeah. I want to say he doesn't call it a zombie. Nope. They only call them zombies a single time in this whole movie. And it is in the last 30 seconds of yeah. the film, which makes no sense because this exists in the same universe as Return. And Night of the Living Dead. And Night of the Living Dead. And assumedly Dead. Dawn of the Dead. But it lives in a universe where Night of the Living Dead, the movie, existed. That's what I'm saying. So at this point, Dawn had come out. And so in this universe the idea of zombies in pop culture exists, so there's no reason to not call them zombies. Because that's very, they're very much clearly zombies. They also, and I'm, I'm going to mention this now, never, like, purposely shoot zombies in the head. Nope. Even though that's a, a pretty common, like, yeah idea in pop culture of, like, that's how you kill a zombie. It's established in Night of the Living Dead. And are somehow weirded out that the zombies don't die. Yeah. When they shoot them. Anyways, Jesse runs home. He tells his sister, oh, there's dead people in the cemetery, but they're coming back to life. And the sister locks him in his room with a jump rope or something? A, a rope? I don't know. She ties his door shut. And I, I also want to mention at this point that she's not alone in the house. There's this random guy who she used to go to high school with that she doesn't remember. He's very clearly into her and is set up solely as a romantic character for her. Yeah. It's super obvious. He's there, like, fixing the TV or some shit. And, you know, Jesse's locked in his room. And he manages to escape. And he calls the army. But obviously, right as he calls the army and is about to contact the man in charge... The phones go out. It's just like this, the worst writing ever. Like, well, the phones go out for a specific reason, they, which we haven't got. They go to. out for a specific reason. But A, it's a stupid reason. It's, it's dumb. It's very dumb. And B, the timing is just impeccable. lazy writing. It's impeccable. It's just lazy writing. And yeah, what follows is exactly what you think. It's our small group of survivors surviving, and they go from the house to a next door house to find a car. And then they, they meet our next main character, which is the doctor. Who sucks. Who t- sucks. He's not as good as the Nazi doctor. No, I even said during the thing, I want the Nazi back. Like, he, I, that's not a thing I should be saying. It's a quote from Bobbitt with the Nazi back. No, don't no. No, don't take um, that out of context. <laughs> that, but see, like, he isn't even, like, a real character. First of all, he's a cartoon. Like, no, most of the characters exactly. But he literally just makes quips. and that's all he does. doesn't actually take the situation seriously. He also doesn't do anything. No. The first zombie he sees, he goes, oh, that's what's his name. He was my patient. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. We didn't have type O. Like, recognizes this is a dead man, but doesn't recognize the situation he's in of, oh, shit, I'm going to get eaten by a zombie. Yeah. Stupid. Oh, Long story short, they go to a hospital. They leave the hospital. They go to the police station. They leave the police station. They leave to the police station. They go back to the hospital. They go to their grandpa's house to get guns at they some point. They leave their grandpa's house, go to a meat packing place, get meat, and then set a trap for the zombies. And then save the day, everything's saved. For the end. In the last one, they had to nuke everybody. Yeah. But no, these four people killed Three of every them zombie. children. And one of them, a... 85-year-old man. Cartoon character of an old man managed to save the day and do what the army can't. And it all ends on a happy note. Yep. Stupid. Stupid. That's the that's the summary. That sounds good to you. Okay, I guess. You can watch it if you want. You can watch it if I'm you want. I'm not going to tell you you can't. I just don't recommend it. I just Yeah. So that's the summary. We're going to get into some spoilers now. Even though we basically just spoiled the whole movie. No, but we did leave some things out. We left some stuff out, but like... And look, you can watch this film if you want to. 
and in fact, like if you're if you're a return fan, this is in the franchise. And while I don't like it as a return fan, I really, really don't like it. Yeah, it is a part of like that franchise, and is for that reason potentially worth a watch. And it is also a film, and I always recommend watching a film without spoilers because that is the proper way to watch anything. Fair. There is some silver linings to this film that are worth going in blind. I don't even know. And I don't some, even know I'd if it's worth it. There's one silver lining here. I don't even know if it's worth it. I, he's right. It might not even be worth it. But because of that, I'm going to give you the warning here. of You don't want any spoilers. Now's the time to, like, go watch the movie. I don't even want to say it. Okay. So on that note, I'm going to I'm gonna go into the spoiler territory, okay? Okay. Okay. So there's one part of this movie that potentially makes it worthwhile. Probably not, but it's the best part of this movie. It's the best part of this movie. And it's something I left off the beginning here because it, I, it would have given it away. Yeah, I keep getting stuff. You keep doing that, and then I keep seeing names in the uh, I know in the credits when it, they were at the start of the film. See, my issue is, well, hey, that's an issue. Obviously, you can tell it's, a, it's an actor thing. There's actors yeah. in this that are kind of super cool. But that's actually a big issue I have with like older films because it used to be a requirement from, the, I think it was the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Where they had to put the credits at the start. They had to put the credits at the start. And then I, I forget what film it was. Just said, fuck you, no. And then everyone was like, oh my god, this is so much better. Like audiences were. Really? Yeah. And also, I, don't know. I kind of enjoy the opening scroll. And also, audiences were like, this is so much better. And then I think what basically happened to Screen Actors Guild was like, you weren't allowed to do that. And the, the big studio was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. The Screen Actors Guild was like, oh, huh, huh. <laughs> like i guess my point is i understand why like the reasoning behind that is because like if you have to credit the the front half you everyone have to has sit to through see them it. yeah and i also think it's it's kind of nice because like you can get some really pretty opening shots and framing stuff that serves a purpose yeah because it's to hold all this like information yeah i also think it gives movies and i've noticed this it gives movies more of like an intro sequence, basically, because yeah. they kind of have to do something with the opening, like, credits. But I hate that it was a qualification because it, it forced films to do it even when they could have done something else. And fair. I think having restrictions always kind of sucks. Uh, That's Because fair. a film could still do that nowadays. You could still have that same style of, like, opening, like, thematic opening, and just not have the credits there, which I think is a lot more freeing because then you can make that sequence, like, 30 seconds instead of five minutes because... We haven't watched the bad one. There are some bad ones, though. Really? I've Damn. Sit, I've sat through some where I'm like, this is basically the credits after a movie, but before. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It, it can be a real problem sometimes. But long story short, one of my biggest problems with that idea is that it can sometimes give away pretty large amounts of information. Yeah. Because they had to. Because they'll be like, oh, and featuring so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Spoiler for like... The Halloween franchise here uh, for a movie we've already viewed at this point. But, you know, at the end of Halloween 2, yeah, it's implied that Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis die. Yeah. And in the opening, opening scroll, for Halloween scroll 4. credits for Halloween 4, they said, and featuring Donald Pleasance. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because it's such a cool setup because you don't know yeah. he's alive. You don't. Spoiler. But you don't know he's alive. I mean, I, it happened when we watched Halloween and 4, and I was literally like, oh, hell yeah. That's such a great reveal if he had come on screen, and it's like, there he is. Mm -hmm. But Especially instead, it's the like, way they do it in 4. Because you don't see him for the first, like, 15 no, minutes. because it's set up to be, like, a thematically, like, 
cool reveal. Yeah. Nah, it's it's revealed in the opening scroll credits. Yeah. Super super dumb. I hate it. I'm glad they I'm I'm glad they switched because now it's an option. Yeah. If you really wanted to, you could do it that way. Most people don't because it just makes more sense to put it at the end cuz like when you do it at the beginning, it's interfering with the art. Anyways, two people that are in this film that we didn't mention before, James Karen and Tom Matthews, who are very specifically uh Frank mm-hmm. and Freddy from yeah. Return of the Living Dead, who are honestly still might be the best part of that movie. Yeah, they're I don't know. Great. They're just really funny. They're um Freddy is like the teenager who has like it's a pinwheel hat basically, it's a pinwheel right? Pinwheel hat, yeah. And uh, Frank's his boss at Unita Supply Co. And they they have the best like the it's probably one of the funniest like buddy cop kind of it's things not even going buddy on. cop it's just two bumbling idiots it's two bumbling idiots but it's very funny because they just have such it's not even chemistry but uh, such a great back and forth yeah and anyways they're in this film they're different characters James Karen who played Frank Frank I'm so, I'm so bad with names I hate it I hate it anyways uh, James Karen who played Frank in this movie is Ed yep if you if you're wondering other things he's been in. Uh, he was Martin Fromm in The Pursuit of Happiness. And then Tom Matthews in this movie. Well, he was um, he was Freddy. Freddy in the last one. But he's Joey in this one. Yep. Has also done some other things. Rick Bardo in Blood Match. But the thing everyone knows him for is Tom Tommy Jarvis in um, Friday the 13th Part 6. I, I love Friday the 13th. Bob's never seen him, really. Nope. I've seen a remake or but something or the other. He plays the Tommy Jarvis that basically everyone's familiar with. Yeah. Like... I think when most people think Tommy Jarvis, they think of very specifically uh, Tom Matthews' portrayal. Yeah, and also he's the one that they chose for the game as well. Yeah. Like, so, like you can tell how much He's it is. Tommy Jarvis for a lot of people. And I bring it up both because probably his most famous role, but also because he'd already done it at this point. Yeah. Uh, he did that in, I think, 1986. Yeah, that's what you said it was earlier. And this film is 1988. in 1988. So he is coming off of like that association. And I mention that because... He looks just like him. He looks... Just like it. Like, his outfit is very heavily inspired. Like, he has a, what was that, like a puff vest yeah. kind of thing on? Mm-hmm. Looks a lot like a... Well, because Tommy Jarvis wears, like, the hunting vest. Yeah, it's like a bomber jacket hunting yeah. vest thing. And this this looks kind of similar. Anyways, Ed and Joey in this film are basically the two same characters as they were in Return. Yeah. And they basically follow the same character arc as they did in that movie. And it's really funny. And it's really funny because you just get to see the same thing again. And the issue there is it's the same thing again done not as well. Yeah. But it's it's a little silver lining in this film. It's of, still enjoyable, at least. I really like to see that in the first movie. Frank and Freddy, is, it's so funny. It's so good. And so getting to see at least a little taste of that again is, I'd almost say, worth a watch. It's hammed up a lot more in this film. Yeah. Because, it, like, both actors are calling it in. Like, you can tell they're not giving it their all, but they're still giving it enough. And that at least gives me something. Like, it's fun. It's just not as well done. Yeah, and I think they ham it up because it's I this movie tries to be funny. Yeah. It tries way too hard to be funny. But in a, in a not good way. No, it's not enjoyable. But I think it's also just because the actors weren't having a good time. Probably not, man. Because, hey, they were just in... They did return. Yeah. Three years ago, and I'm sure had a great time doing that and made a good movie. And this one, they're probably not having a good time and knowing they're making a bad movie. And that's mm-hmm. not fun. I didn't have any facts for this movie, in part because I couldn't find anything I could, like, substantiate. Fair enough. And be like, this checks out. I'm pretty sure this is true. I will mention that I check on IMDb sometimes for facts uh, to see if there's anything interesting. I have trouble pulling anything from there because it's 
it's a lot of times hard for me to tell where that came from because a lot of times it's like reader kind of put up there. Yeah. They, you don't have to like give your sources. Sort of hearsay, like yeah. BS. Uh, and there's only like four facts for this movie on IMDb, which is shockingly low. But like the top one, uh, I remember it because I think it was very funny, is Tom Matthews, when asked about this project, basically said his favorite part of the film was the craft services. The only thing that made it worthwhile Oh, my God. And if that is true, tells me a lot about why he was hamming it up. Yeah. Because he just, I know he's a, a decent actor, and he just didn't do a good job in it. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to it, Ed and Joey kind of have the same character arc as they do in the original movie. Just, like, less well done and unique. Yeah. Because we've seen it before, but it's there's less happening in it. Uh-huh. Basically, Ed in this one's a grave robber. Yeah. And has basically hired Joey. Hired Joey. I don't know where he found Joey. I don't either. But it's very clearly Joey's first time, which it's that same setup of, like, the experienced guy and the new The new guy. And he's basically showing him the ropes. And they're in a mausoleum grave robbing. And as they're in the mausoleum, the smoke rolls in. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I just want to say, the whole smoke infecting the cemetery has done a lot worse in this film. It's not as nearly as good. Like, both in how it's shot, but also in, like, how it works. It doesn't really make any sense. Like, we see the smoke roll over the graves like it's infecting them, but then immediately a storm happens. There's no buildup. It just happens. For no reason. But yet the storm doesn't leak into the graves and cause the dead to come back up. Nope. Like it does in the original. No, there's just a time skip, and then we see the smoke again. Mm-hmm. And then they get up. It's also not the same color. It's white instead of the green smoke that came out of the canister. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be kind of whitish. That's how it is in the original movie. Yeah, but, but I don't know. It's just a color difference of, like, not paying attention. Like, the setup in the original where they throw the body in the crematorium and that's what does it is so much better. Mm-hmm. And it looks so much cooler and it's so much more well shot. makes sense for how it multiplied like that. Yeah. It also, just... ugh, the addition of the whole cold open in the first one is, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. And you don't realize it's a cold open. Yeah. And then you get the title sequence. Anyways, getting back into it. They're in the mausoleum. Some trioxin 245 kind of leaks under the door. It infects them, obviously. Yeah. Although this time they don't pass out. No. Or freak out or anything. There's just one line where uh, Joey Tom Matthews character is like, I don't know. My skin kind of is crawling. Yeah. It's not even burning. It's just, it feels cold. Cold. Yeah. Anyways, while they're in there, the zombies start coming back to life and they freak out and they run for their van. Yeah. Which they don't make it to. Which, for whatever reason, they don't make it to. Which is, it's not that far. Yeah, but it's never explained why they never go to their van. (laughs) They do too many zombies. They instead just run the town. Doesn't make sense. Well, they run to the nearest neighborhood. I know, but their van was closer and also easily accessible. There were so many fucking zombies at that point. And as they're running to the van, they meet up with Brenda, which is Joey's girlfriend. Yeah. Who basically fills the same role as Freddy's girlfriend in the original movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, because I think this is super stupid, is she was sitting in the van during all these events, but I think she got out of the van and walked into the cemetery as the trioxin rolled through and brought all the dead to life, and yet she is somehow not infected. I think she did it after the trioxin rolled through. She did, except how the movie's framed is it the trioxin rolled through, the storm happened, and then the trioxin rolled through again. Yeah, I guess. But she was also in the van. Vans are not airtight. Mm-hmm. She should have been infected. Mm, she is not. Meh. I know. But long story short, for the rest of the events I described, Joey, Ed, and Brenda are all are they're there with the four. I just didn't mention them because they're kind of like they have their own B plot that's just following the original story. Yeah, like they're the reason they go to the hospital because Joey and Ed are like dying. Sick. Except they go from perfectly fine 
to late stage zombie in 30 seconds. Yeah, which is dumb. Because part of what is so good about their arc in the original is that they're fine for a while. And it happens so slow that you, you can don't kind really of notice. not notice. Yeah. Even though they act like it is happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go from fine to not, like, completely gone in, like, 30 seconds. Assumedly, this might be because in-universe a lot of time has passed, but it doesn't feel like it. No. Both how the movie is shot and also in-universe, it feels like five minutes have passed. But then they split off from the group to go get help, during which Ed zombies out. Yep. So there goes James Karen's character, which is... He zombies out, and then they leave him, which is so much more unappealing than how Frank goes out in the first movie. Yeah, Frank's how Frank goes out is awesome. Awesome it's and aw- hard it, to watch. It's hard to watch, but it's so good. And it's such a good characterization. Yeah. Uh, and how he goes out in this movie is he bites someone's skull, and then that's it. Then yep. they just leave him. Yep, Brendan just leaves him. And then later in the film, <sighs> Joey becomes a full zombie, chases Brenda into a church, which, again, an exact scene reference. There's a lot of that through their story. Yeah. It, basically, their story it feels like they needed to pad time in this movie. And they were like, what if we told this really fun part from Return again? Mm-hmm. But worse. But worse. But yeah, Joey chases her into a church, corners her, and sh- he's like, but I love you. Shouldn't I have your brains? I can't even do How was the voice? I don't even know. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's what it was. <laughs> Brenda, I love you, Brenda. Can I have your brains? Stupidest voice possible. Like, he does a better voice in the original He one. does a way better voice in the original. You can tell he's not trying, like, honestly. He's like, shouldn't I have your brains? And Brenda goes, okay. <laughs> sure. Let's him eat her brains. So stupid. Oh, uh, we haven't even talked. Oh, God. All right. I just wanted to, to share that that B-plot happens. It's the only thing that I think is decent in this yeah. film. And there are, there are a couple of references to, like, <laughs> there is one super good joke through that whole B-plot. Well, there's two. Two. But the best joke in that whole B-plot, super spoilers here. Yeah. Because uh, this is, like, the one thing I would say is worth not knowing in advance. Yeah. <laughs> is um, Ed goes, this feels like, what, a dream? Yeah. And uh, Joey's like, no, man, it does feel like a dream. Like, we've been here before, before. and done this. <laughs> there's also the other joke while they're in the mausoleum but i'm i don't want to spoil that because that kind of spoils how frank dies in the original <laughs> oh yeah yeah that one made me laugh there's a there's a couple really good references to those characters in the first movie throughout that b plot but it's just it feels thrown in yeah and also just not as good as the original but mm-hmm. it's a it's a fun reference if you're an actual fan of the original movie and not this one all right so moving on from that, I think there's a couple things I want to talk about with this film. Uh, and by talk about, I mean kind of shit on. But we can talk about it a little bit. We've talked about kind of how the tone and it's comedic and cartoonish and not good. It doesn't work, um, man. It just doesn't work. Like, besides the fact that it's cartoony in a way that makes it not serious and the stakes are hard to take seriously. It feels like nothing matters, man. Yeah, no, nothing does matter. Because throughout the film, Jesse's his name, right? Yeah. The little Kidman character just runs off. Gets into danger and then is miraculously fine because he's the main character kid. Yeah. and He gets nabbed by so many zombies and does not get ripped apart. Don't bite him solely because he's the main character. Yeah. Like, just, like, hold him at long distance. Lots of stuff like that. And it also defeats, like, the horror in the film. Like, there's no horror elements at all. And it's not funny. It's just a nothing movie. Again, it, it feels like a really, really, really bad Goosebumps episode. And the only reason I describe it as that is not because Goosebumps are, like, objectively 
a bad series. No, there are some good Goosebumps episodes. But because this focus on, like, a little kid mm-hmm. and also how stuff looks kind of is reminiscent mm-hmm. and some of the tone stuff. Additionally, it's just the sheer fact that this movie shouldn't have been rated R. No, I'm, absolutely I'm not. I'm pretty sure it got a rated R movie for the language. Yeah. Kid says fuck. And the gore is not super graphic. No. But it is gore, and this is also 88, and it's enough to push this to, like, a PG-13. It should be PG-13. But if you got rid of the gore, which is, there's not enough there's of not it. There's not enough of it at all. Like, you could have just removed the gore entirely and had the same film. Yeah. Because in total, there's maybe, what, two minutes of gore? At, Less. At that. It's not great. There are some cool moments. There's some cool moments because they're pulled off in interesting ways. Yeah. Like impressive ways. But they're not necessarily the best looking. Yeah. And um, like if you got rid of those less than two minutes of gore and the language, this straight up could have been a PG film, both in tone and content. Yeah. So that aside, what I want to talk about are the practical effects on the zombies. I don't like them. I just, I don't. I think you had some slightly different opinions to me. Meh. At first. It just depended on which... So, here's my thing with this one. Some of the zombies are cool. Some of them look like shit. (laughs) It's a wide spectrum. So, it just depended in the moment when you asked what zombie I was looking at. Although, I would argue that none of the zombies look cool. Some of them just look okay. Fair enough. Part of this is because I feel like the zombies kind of clash with the tone anyways. (sighs) And it's hard for me to take them seriously in any way. Just our look. Some of them just walk and act so fucking goofy. Yeah. Because of the tone, the zombies get away with, like, acting super goofy. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. That's its own discussion. Yeah. Uh, we're just talking <laughs> about appearance right now. Bob did a, a visual gag. I was gag miming something on really stupid. The audio podcast. Anyways, I think my big issue with the practical effects for, like, the zombies and their makeup is they chose to do it, like, additive makeup. Yeah. Rather than subtractive. So when you're doing like prosthetic makeup and stuff for like a human, you're always adding on to a person, right? Because you can't you can't legally start removing things from a human being. Yeah. That's not okay. Now you can hire actors that are like missing an arm if you need someone who's missing an arm. Sure. But usually what's done is you take a person and you add stuff to their body that makes it look like there's less there. Yep. Uh it's honestly a hard thing to do. Because it shouldn't work, but people have gotten really, really good at doing it and making it look real. I think going back, Tarman's a very good example of that oh, from yeah. Return because he looks like all the flesh is melted off his body mm-hmm. and all that's left is like bone and just scraps yeah. hanging off. His skull's exposed. And yet that's an v- amazing addition of like adding stuff onto a person that makes it look like there's less there because that's stuff on top of a person. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a good example. And that's just like how all the zombies are in that film. Yeah. Not all of them. There's one that's just like straight up a skeleton with eyes. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite. And there's also some that are like mechanical that you can take off a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very famous one is the old lady. Yeah. Oh, that one's so uh, cool. That, that's a practical, like mechanical. But a lot of zombies, you just add stuff that makes it look like there's less there, like a gaping wound and stuff. This film added stuff but did not succeed in making it look like there was less there. Yeah. And so instead, all the zombies looked bulky. Mm-hmm. In a not good way, or at least in a way I didn't enjoy. So going back to Tar Man, I do think he looked the most visually impressive out of yeah. all the zombies. That's like fair. he was super unique because it's it's Tar Man. Tar Man. Like he's a melted tarry gooey mess, but he looked beefy. He's like, huge. He looked like just the skin dissolved mm-hmm. and all the flesh was still there. And it just does not look as good as like the bony kind of raggy. No, because you can basically one. tell he's in a suit. Yeah. And it doesn't look it looks great. chonky. 
And at least there was kind of some success in removing some. Yeah. Like, he looked huge, but at least it looked like stuff was missing. Yeah, you could see his, like, exposed ribcage, and it was fine okay. Most of the zombies in this film, they put makeup on them that just made them look bigger. They're just huge. And the place where it was the worst was the faces. A lot of them just looked like they were wearing masks, and that was, like, kind of it. Mm -hmm. But it would make their heads look really big in a very not-good-looking way. Yeah, and I... Another thing I have, while we're on the topic of their fucking faces, because most of them are prob- look like they're just wearing masks or just are wearing masks, the zombies in this, like they do in Return, they talk. And a lot of their voices have to be 80 yard over, and it's done so fucking poorly. Yeah, because a lot of zombies I either can't move their mouths at all because of the mask, or yep. their mouths are covered. Mm-hmm. And so all their sounds are 80 yard in. And it's ass. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most of the zombies look bulky, and it doesn't look good. The best-looking zombies... A, are not focused on, no. I thought, uh, but are also the ones that have minimal makeup. It's just, mm-hmm. like, colorizing their skin. I thought those looked okay. Yeah. But I still couldn't take them seriously because of how they act and also how this film is shot. And also, they're surrounded by not good-looking zombies. They're surrounded by not good-looking zombies, so they just kind of look out of place. And so it's kind of an issue of, they might look better to me than these zombies are, that are focused on, but because they don't match, they look bad. Yeah, that's fair. In a similar vein, there's also not that many zombies in this film. Not really. I think by the end, it's basically just the zombies in the initial cemetery. Yeah. They just somehow managed to be everywhere and nowhere at once. And so it looks like there's a lot more than there is, except you're very clearly able to notice that it's the same. It's the same like 20 or 30 it's, zombies. Yeah, it's only like 20 zombies over and over again, which kind of sucks, Yeah, to be honest. Because what's so cool about the original one is... There's a horde. There are so fucking and they're different. Many. They all look different, yeah. Also, the zombies in this look too distinct sometimes. Yeah. Like, they have outfits that... I'm going to say this now. This film's very clearly inspired by Dawn. Mm-hmm. And so, in Dawn, one of the cool things they do is they have zombies that have very clearly different themed outfits. Mm-hmm. This movie does that, but does not pull it off, so it just looks goofy. Yeah. It's like cartoonish levels of, like, outfit changes, basically. Like, there's one that is very clearly it looks like a grown woman, but she's dressed as a child carrying a teddy bear. Yeah, like, what is happening? But yeah, so that's kind of like the zombie makeup. Now, there is a couple other zombies in this film. I think there's only, like, three or four that are animatronic. Those are pretty cool. And the animatronics are impressive. Yeah. I'll be the first to say that. They are impressive animatronics. They were probably the coolest part, like, of the zombies in this film. Yeah. With that being said, I did have an issue with them. First of all, don't think they look as good as the animatronics in Return. Yeah, they're not as good. The old woman, the really, really famous old woman one, looks amazing. Oh, it's awesome. And there is very specifically one of the animatronic zombies that's very clearly inspired by her. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And just while they are like the same design, it looks so much worse. It looks like something you would see at like a carnival. Yeah. In like a haunted house or something. That's the thing I want to say about the animatronics is while they are impressive animatronics and you can tell a lot of work went into designing them, like how they look and everything. Yeah. And it actually looks fairly impressive. They all look too artificial and clean mm-hmm. yeah uh like you can very clearly tell they're made out of like rubber rubber or and plastic silicon. yeah they have this weird i don't want to say shine to them but like gloss mm-hmm. they uh, look too this movie's not nearly gross enough no. to be a zombie film but all the animatronics look too artificial they need to take those animatronics and dunk them in a bucket of goo and then pull them out and maybe not it'll even look that okay. they just need to beat them up some yeah they just look too shiny and new and to me, it, it took what should have been a good-looking effect, probably the best in the film, 
yeah. and made it bad. Like, yeah. laughable. Because mm-hmm. it just looks fake. So beyond fake. And I love practical effects. I love animatronic stuff. And to see that is kind of sad. Disappointing. Because I can tell a lot of work went into it. Yeah, and if they had just, like, added a little bit of, like, gross or grit to it, just it could grime. look amazing. Like, straight up. I don't want to spoil it, but there's one where, like, there's something walking around that should not be, and it looks awesome. It would keep, just be so much cooler. Yeah, it's just, added like, some, some extra something. work, and they just didn't do it. Yeah. <sighs> Additionally, when we're talking about gross stuff, the closest we get to gross stuff is, there's so, like, they replace the zombie blood with green goo. Yeah. And it just looks cartoony. Like, it fits the tone. It does fit the tone. But I don't like that tone. It's bad. Yep. Tone don't All work. Right. Jumping from that tone thing, we can get into how the zombies behave. Oh, my God. Um... First of all, they're straight-up cartoon characters. Yeah. There are some really, really stupid, goofy zombie bits yeah. at the start. But like when you first see them coming out of the cemetery, one of them literally burps up like a trioxin gas cloud. And it's like, why is this yeah. in this film? But see, the thing is, like, in return, the things we know about the zombies, A, they're constantly in pain. Yeah. That's why they moan. My read of the movie is it's implied that their pain causes them to act like zombies. Because they're basically in so much pain that they can't function well. I, I do you think that's a yeah a decent read of the that's situation? the whole reason why like when Frank and Ed and Freddie are being turned, they're experiencing rigor mortis, so that's why they move so stiffly and like can't do everything right. they're supposed to. And then once they're in a lot of pain, they stop acting like humans. Yeah, but in this film, they moan and groan like a lot, which very clearly felt like an inspiration from Dawn of the Dead. With yeah. a dead scream. Mm-hmm. No, that was day, right? No, they scream in dawn. Yeah, I guess that's true. See, it it felt like a very in, very inspirational from that because uh, I think the ones in Return are more silent. Yeah, uh, they'd make noise sometimes, but mm-hmm. but they just act like I don't want to say like normal people, but they they do though a lot more. They act like normal people pretending to be zombies. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it is. Like they do this weird like shuffle thing that looks very clearly like the director is like play a zombie. Yep. And it just looks super artificial. And you know what? I'd be okay with that, except for the fact that the really cool thing about Return Zombies is that they are able to do some human-like behaviors. Yeah. They're kind of smart because the idea being that they're humans, like with normal human-level intelligence, that it's basically overcome by pain. These ones, though, A, seem just dumb. They are just dumb sometimes. They're just dumb, but also are just capable of doing human things beyond what Return Zombies should be able to do. Yeah. And it just, because of the cartoonish tone, it's just stupid yep it not only doesn't make sense but it's stupid especially because most of the cartoonish stuff isn't like in return it's plans and this one it's like jk why not yeah it's the very the worst one is at one point the zombies are driving a car hooting and hollering like they're having fun and smoking cigars with guns what the fuck like why additionally one of the really bad things i want to mention about zombie behavior is they do talk which is fine. Which is a classic return thing. That happens in return. However, they talk with normal human voices. Yep. They're just talking. They just talk. The first zombie we hear talk has a southern accent. A thick southern accent. Sounds completely fine and also shouldn't be able to at that point yeah. because they don't have vocal cords. It's just a skull, basically. It just doesn't. The zombie behavior is really bad. It's cartoonish and just over the top. And it matches ridiculous. the tone, but it's not great. Moving on from that. The last thing I really want to mention here before I get to, like, my final thoughts. I, I don't know if you have anything else. No, I don't have anything else, dude. <laughs> well, I was like, wow, you've gotten a lot out of this. We have. I'm surprised. I'm still mad about it, though. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I do want to mention is the decision they make to wrap this up in a nice bow as a happy ending. First of all, 
part of why this film feels like a goosebumps episode is the fact that it ends so happy, happy, and like everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for instance, there's no one in this town because the military just happened to find the town in time. Yeah. Because like we said, the, Jesse calls the military, but he gets cut off before he can give anything else but his name. Yeah. He basically is told, like, put on weight, and then the phones go out. And yet the military still comes and clears out the town. Maybe the implication is that they were able to trace where the barrels fell out. Yeah, maybe. But that doesn't make sense. No. At all. Anyways, they clear out the whole town. So everyone's safe except one family in Joey's neighborhood, which is three people. Mm-hmm. And, like, the four main characters and then Brenda, Joey, and Ed. Yep. First of all, there's no stakes in this movie because, quite literally, I think six people die. Yeah. Not, that not, we see. Yeah. It's And it's a bunch of side characters that we don't really we don't care, care about. about. I, we don't know the name of most of them. Nope. But besides that, it's the fact that we're very quickly quickly left with four characters we know for, are, for a fact aren't going to die. Yep. So no stakes. But they just end this movie in such a wrap-it-up-in-a-bow way, like, tee happy ending. And that doesn't match the tone of no. a Return film at all. I was about all. to say, Return ends in such a grim, awful way. Yeah. Which and this film doesn't respect that at all. Because, like, the basic premise is 245 Triaxin is basically, like, the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like, it can't be destroyed at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way it infects <laughs> most of the zombies in that film is they try to burn it. Mm-hmm. And it just creates... More trioxin that just causes acid rain. Yep. That can bring the dead to life because it can seep into the ground. Mm -hmm. Scary as shit. Awesome. It's awesome. so cool. In this film, it implies that, well, also, that it's film scary because everything can be brought back from the dead, mm -hmm. including things that probably mostly just bones. Yep. And nothing kills them. Nothing. Like, nothing. You have to incinerate the body, but then you're just throwing more trioxin into right. the atmosphere. In this film, it implies that electrocution kills them. And so that's how they solve the issue. They somehow attract every zombie in this town. In this town, which yeah, is only like 20, but they get more extras than 20 for this last scene. Yeah. Uh which hey, I don't know where they came from. No idea. But also they somehow managed to attract every zombie in this town. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense. Literally every single one. They somehow attracted them with Oh, I, I also want to get on this oh, rant. God. They attracted them with I think it's like it's beef brains. Beef brains? Mm -hmm. Because in this film they eat animal brains. Animals? Which doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make sense because in the original film, my read of the situation is they, they we know they eat human brains mm -hmm. to keep them from feeling pain, which my read of the situation is there's a chemical in a human brain, like a living human brain. That tricks them into not feeling pain. Yeah. Nope, in this film, they also eat animals. Doesn't make yep. sense, but uh, they use them to lure every zombie to the power plant, which, again, shouldn't have worked. But then they electrocute them, and that somehow manages to kill every single zombie. Every single one. I think I get the reasoning behind that decision of, like, electrocution's kind of like fire, where it can, like, destroy all the cells. Yeah. And with all the cells destroyed... They must stop moving. And while I get that decision, I think it's stupid. Because, A, it's a chemical that brings back the dead, even when they're in states of, like, severe rot or, like, treatment. Like, there's some things we see brought back in the first film that are... They wouldn't have had, like, cells that are still functional. Yeah, there's literally a full-ass skeleton with just eyeballs. Well, the one I'm thinking of that's really egregious is we see some pinned insects... Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. And a pinned insect is, I think, just an exoskeleton, right? Yeah, I think so. So that has nothing in there except, like, chitin. And so if something like that can move, it doesn't make sense that, like, electricity would do enough damage to, like, prevent something from functioning. Yeah. Especially because it shows the zombies being electrocuted through, like, painted laser arrays over top of them, mm -hmm. which I normally love. This film doesn't serve it. But 
the zombies just kind of, hey, they give these super cheesy shakes. Doesn't look good. Uh, but then they fall to the ground. They don't look singed, really. No, they're just on so the ground. So it wasn't enough electricity to cook them. It was just enough electricity to shock them, which means that the whole reasoning of, like, it can cook their cells doesn't make sense. Like, burn their cells doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And so I think this is a stupid, stupid idea. And I, in part, because it doesn't, I think, make sense with the world, but also because it just takes away the main interesting part of Return Zombies. Yeah. Which is how unkillable they are. It makes them so not scary. Because, like, what's the scariest thing about them? Oh, you can't kill them. You can't get rid of them. Do destroy them. That just makes more. Mm -hmm. And this throws that out the window. Especially because, like, electrocuting them should have like burnt some of them yeah creating more gas it gets even more egregious at the end because we see a soldier holding a flamethrower and just burns some of them yeah so apparently that whole burning things out the window even though that's established in the first movie not to mention the fact that this film seems to establish the fact that the army didn't realize you can just electrocute a zombie to death Mm -hmm. even though it's the army and would have been aware of the situation for like decades at this point yeah stupid stupid ending i hate it (laughs) Okay, I think that's I think that's all I want to talk about. Yeah, man, me too. I'm sure there's more if I really wanted to pin something down. No, um, man, I don't have anything else. It's just it's the film in the Return franchise that I kind of just want to not talk about. Like I feel like you kind of have to watch it if you're a fan because it's there. It exists. Like it's it's the sequel to the original movie. It just doesn't feel like it belongs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a film where it's not good. Like, it's objectively not a good film. Like, I can't sit here and say, oh, it has, like, some redeeming qualities because it really doesn't have a lot. And, again, I have a bias because I really like the first movie, and this film is disappointing. Um, So take take what I say with a grain of salt. But, like, it's just one of those films where it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't associated with this franchise. Absolutely. It still wouldn't have been good. No, but I could have at least stomached some of it. But the fact that it's... It is supposed to be associated with this franchise and be similar, and it's just so not, makes this film so much worse. Yeah, I mean, like I said it earlier, if you were to sit down and be like, I'm going to watch Return of the Living Dead, and you watch that movie and then go, I'm going to watch the second one like you did, and go into it, you'd be so fucking disappointed because it's so tonally different. Oh my god, it was such an unpleasant experience watching the first film and then the second film back-to-back. Not to mention confusing because not only is the tone super different to the point where i thought i was watching a different movie but for how much i like the gag where ed and joey are in this film and are basically the same characters as frank and freddie super confusing yeah super confusing especially because the film is so tonally different i I, it's been a while this was years and years ago that i first watched these films but i distinctly remember kind of watching it and being like this feels like a bootleg copy like a bootleg sequel where they wrote a film and then got these two actors to play two of the characters that were a ripoff of characters from return and then somehow got the rights to just slap the name on And I, I really did have a moment of, am I watching the right film? Because this doesn't look or feel like the right film. Yeah, I just felt like they were like, yeah, let's make a sequel to Return. 
and then didn't make it anything like the original, so it doesn't really feel like it should be a sequel to Return in any no. way. Like, the on God, the only follow-through is that Trioxin is what makes the zombies. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's literally it. And it doesn't really function the same way. No. Nor it, do the zombies function the same no, way. No, it, it feels like... Also, we already said this. They don't call them zombies till the end, which doesn't make sense. And o- the old man calls them zombies a single time. At the very end, when everything's over. They don't shoot them in the head like you should. No. Like, culturally, you would have known to do. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the zombies feel weak. Like, they shoot them, and they, they keep getting up. Yeah. Which is, okay, that's good. Yeah, because they shouldn't die. But they also don't seem scary, because no. it seems to actually kind of work. They, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say before we go to the recommendations? No. Okay. okay. I'm over this movie. <laughs> you started so hopeful. I'm glad I gave you some warning, or you would have been pissed off. Oh, my time. God. If I if you had just told me we were watching Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Oh, you were so excited before we started. Yep. But I, I was, could, because I, it... <laughs> I like the original. I couldn't it's lie to you fun. like that. It's fun. It's good. And, like, I like the tone of the original. I like the fact that, spoiler, everybody fucking dies because they <laughs> nuke so the dark. city. They nuke Louisville. They nuke us, and it's awesome, right? Uh, the fucking supply company for dead bodies. It's called Unitas. <laughs> like, it's so... <sighs> it's just dark humor at its peak. It's great. And then they don't. Yeah. It's, this is just goofy, stupid kid zombie movie. Also, there's Suicide, who's so punk it hurts. I love him And these so kids much. are like Boy Scouts. They're, oh, oh, God. Also, we haven't even talked about There's so much overdubbing in this film. Uh, yeah, I mentioned The zombies. It. Zombies, yeah. but also no, just But the, the literal human characters are overdubbed. Yeah. And also, all the characters' characterization blows. Because well, a lot of the actors aren't trying. You can tell. Uh, uh, yeah. Recommendations. Before we get caught up in any other thing, gotta move on. I guess if you're watching every Return of the Living Dead film... You can watch this. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it because it doesn't feel like a return film after only having seen the first one. But you, if you've tried to watch them all, you can watch it. I'll say this at least. If you are a fan of, like, practical animatronics, I think that that's probably the saving grace of this film. It, like, that's the only highlight I can give, even though I don't think they're amazing. They're pretty cool, at least. No, the animatronics themselves are cool. Yeah. The stuff over top of them. Yeah. Is not. Anything else? No. Okay. That's it. I, uh, I I can't even give any good recommendations. That's how upset this film has made me. My, my basically my only recommendation here. I got two. I got two. I'll pull two out. If you're watching, if you're a fan of Return, like that franchise, and especially the first film, and you're gonna watch the films, you do have to watch this one because it is the sequel. And no matter how much I like it, it is important to have like seen it <laughs> to know. I mean, I think it makes you appreciate the first film a lot more. Oh yeah, it does because it shows you how poorly they could have done. It also just tells you how much better it was <laughs> and then my other recommendation really is if you're a fan of like that dynamic between uh james karen and tom matthews that's fair not as well done here but you do get a taste of it again and that's kind of it's great. still entertaining like it's still funny aside from that i i don't have any recommendations yeah i don't either you get to rate it <laughs> uh, man i i you know i've yeah, this is coming out after how low can we go on a rating <laughs> that's what i'm trying to figure out right now this is coming out after uh, House on Haunted Hill, and I said on that, I've been we've been throwing fives around. We've also been throwing around low scores a lot lately too. We've we've not been getting anything in the middle. It's either been absolute burning trash heap or like peak cinema. You know why, right? Because we've been doing a a lot of convention movies, which we're watching because those movies are so famous that they're having actors from them do conventions. Yeah, which usually is a good sign. And then also sequels to those movies. Sequels to those movies, which aren't always good 
and just regular yeah. board episodes, which either either those are hit or miss. Hit or miss. I don't know if I want to give it a one because at least it's a movie. Yeah. I mean, I think what a point five is like it somehow failed at being a movie. Somehow. Uh, I don't think. It, and then a zero is just straight up not a movie. Which I don't, we've not experienced that yet. I don't know how we would. That's I don't so either. hard. I, it would have to get past you first. It, and I don't know how any of that would get past would you. would have to qualify as not being a movie. Yeah. I guess I'll give it a one and a half because that's as far down as I'm going to go. But I don't have any positives. Oh. Like, how, how, I guess my point is how did it get a half? Because one is conventionally how low we'll go on the scale. So how did it get a... Point five added to that. The animatronics are okay. Okay. And then seeing Tom Matthews back and doing the Freddie Frank thing is cool. And that was, I mean, there are some funny, like, what I'm saying is, like, there are some moments in this film where I, I genuinely went, that was pretty okay. And I laughed because it was a good joke or a good follow-through thing. But, like, other than those, like, slim, far-between moments, I didn't really enjoy myself. All right. Fair enough. And there, are, I guess that's enough to give it a half because I don't, yeah. That's it. I This one pissed me off, and I'm trying not to be screamy on the <laughs> podcast anymore. I think it's very funny. <laughs> I'm also just really tired. All right. I'm going to give it a one. Yeah. I mean, that, Shocking that, for that's Bob. completely fair, man. Um, I do have some valid reasonings here. Um, first of all, I don't removing myself from the situation and my personal feelings. I don't think this is a very good movie. No, it's not. Uh, just like objectively, I don't think it's well done. I don't think the tone worked. And... <laughs> In all honesty, I don't know who the intended audience for this film was. I don't know either. It feels like a kid's movie, yet it's rated R. Yep. Like, the only people who I think would have a lot of fun with this are, like, the kids the same old as, the same age as, like, Jesse, which yeah, is, like, 10 like to 10, 11. 11, 13-year-olds? Um, maybe not even 13-year-olds, but, yeah. like, 8 to 10, 8 to 12. Yeah. Just, like, small toys. That's kind of, like, what it felt like the perfect audience for this was, but it's rated R. I'm not sure. A, I'm not sure why they gave it an R rating. I I understand objectively, but like I don't understand why they need to put stuff in there to get it there. But I don't understand who it's for because the audience that I feel like would appreciate this best can't watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes no sense. I feel like they got it to an R just because the original was an R. Mm-hmm. Well, get into that in a second. So I don't know who this is made for, and it very clearly, I think, fails to hit that quote unquote target audience because I'd say the target audience is eight to twelve, but. Very clearly, they were trying to go for something older if it's rated R. Mm-hmm. But if I was just to grade it as just a movie with, like, how it turned out uh, with, like, the effects and some of the directing choices and all that, I think I'd probably give it a one and a half. And if I was being very nice, I'd give it a two because there is some jokes that make you laugh. And the animatronics, why I didn't like the way they looked, I can still tell had some effort in there. So I'd say I'd hover between one and a half and a two. But see, the thing is, this isn't its own movie. It's not. This is a sequel in a franchise. In fact, it's probably the most important sequel in a franchise. It's the second one. And so it's carrying a lot of association and weight because of that. And so it's not allowed to be graded on its own merit because it's not its own thing. It's a continuation of something. And as a continuation of a pre-existing IP, it absolutely fails. Not only does it not carry over some of the pre-established rules of the franchise, which is only one movie at this point, and so there's not a lot of rules. In fact, it's basically like, you can't destroy the zombies. They break all those rules. They also just don't hit the tone right or have, like, characters behave the way they should. Point being is like, well, it's not a great film by itself. It's even worse as a film in a franchise. Do you want to know something that makes me so angry about this film? They never even acknowledge that the first film happened. No. 
There's no acknowledgement to the end of that film at all when that should be the start of this film because it's established at the end of that film that it's still going on and it's still all terrible. But no, everything's goddamn fine. I, is it mentioned in the... There's an there's an intro narration, which I hate, but is it mentioned in that one? No. Vaguely? No. Oh, okay. They don't mention it at fucking all. Which, to be honest, I can get kind of having that timeline peter out a little bit because it's so dark that it's hard to move on from that. But you could at least, like... Throw in a cameo? Throw in anything. Literally anything from that. And it would make this feel a little bit better. Anyways, point being, as a standalone, not great. One and a half to two. But because it's a franchise, it takes points away. And I'm only going to go as low as a one. Because, it, to be honest, I kind of want to give it a lower rating. But a point five for me is it literally failed to be a movie. Like, it's structurally missing things that would make it a movie. And this film is not doing that. So I, I'm only going to give it a one. But how badly it performed as a sequel really does affect... Not only my personal enjoyment, but like how I view this film, and I can't view it as good. That's fair. Yeah, I guess we'll go to the outtakes. <laughs> I don't know how much many there's. There might be. There's none. not a lot. There might be. There none. might be none because Bob might scrub them and go. These aren't good. Yeah. The closest we have are basically me and Bob laughing at something that's bad. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Return of the Living Dead Part 2 so far. I didn't like this film. Ben didn't like this film. I just think overall it's a very disappointing sequel to the original, which is an amazing classic zombie film. But if you do not want any spoilers for this movie, please skip to 1 hour, 15 minutes, and 21 seconds immediately. This first clip is me making a statement that could not have been more wrong. That guy's jamming. He is jamming, bruh. That's some of the trioxin bins. The zombie canisters? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's that hotline number that no one ever uses. They did use it. Oh, well, hold on. This music slaps. Oh, my God. I can already tell this might be a film that is very poorly rated, but I'm going to love. This next clip is our reaction to Freddie and Frank making their triumphant return. Oh. <laughs> Wait, really? What? Are, is it, are they back? <laughs> Just not the same people? <laughs> the fact that it took you that long to realize. It was the hair. And not, he doesn't have the dumb hat anymore. Yeah, it's Frank and, uh. Frank and, um, oh my god. Is it Eddie? No. I remember his name now. You know what's funny? I saw uh, his name's like Tom Wilson, right? Yeah. I saw his name in the credits. Tom Matthews. Tom Matthews, sorry. I saw his name in the credits and thought that was him. This next clip is Ben and I making fun of how bad some of the zombies look in this film. Oh, yeah. I forgot that uh, that was her husband out in the street. Did he get bit? Oh, he got his brain oh, ripped yeah, out. Oh, yeah, I remember. But I don't think we see anyone. Oh, I hate it. Get look at that cop. That looks bad. He looks like the crimson chin. <laughs> A little bit. I want you to know. I. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to the only silver lining in this entire film. Send more cops. Also, they're doing the same bit again. 
Also, you know, Ed and Joey are both just infected because they breathe in the fucking gas. Yeah, it's they're just gonna turn again. I mean, yeah, it's worth it though. Yeah, it's worth it. They're funny. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's funny. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed maybe some outtakes if they're in there. I think you should just put none. Well, there might be. I think there might be some funny ones. If I remember correctly. There's probably us laughing at Joey and Ed. Yeah. And that's probably about it. That's probably about all the outtakes. But I'll try to include what I can. Best part of that movie. Yeah. (sighs) Do we uh, have any announcements, Ben? Well, Return of the Living Dead 3 is coming out on Monday. Yeah. And I'm going to preface this now. I like to forget two exists <laughs> and then just jump straight to three. Yeah. Like, having seen all the films, I'm at that point where I'm just like, one, three. <laughs> Damn. Both because, like, this is one of those films where I don't like it, but also because I feel like it just doesn't work in the context of these movies. Um, yeah. And so I kind of just like to not address it as existing. <laughs> That's a- Man, that's a really good sign for a film. When yeah. you just go, you know what? I'd rather not. I'd ra- you just don't exist in my yeah. head canon. Awesome, love and to hear that. And also, just in my brain, I just kind of black it out. I go, oh yeah, th- yeah. Return Three, Gr- be- great <laughs> <Awesome>. sequel. <laughs> Glad that that's the second movie in this franchise. Oh um, my god! Which, if you couldn't tell from that, I actually like Return of the Living Dead Three. I think it's a pretty rad sequel. Good uh, follow-up to Return of the Living Dead. Good second part. <laughs> so we are reviewing that on Monday, and you can actually be excited for that one, uh, Bob, and also audience people. Thank God. Thank fucking God. At least I have something to fucking look forward no, to. No, you'll like that one. I mean, I think Return of the Living Dead's better, but Fair. I can totally see you liking that film more. Oh, man. So, that, oh, that would be cool. Maybe we'll have a Halloween 2 good. situation. Yeah. Not a Halloween 6 situation. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, you know, usual stuff. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other interweb places. As always, we're on YouTube, which not necessarily the easiest place to watch because you do need to be, like, online. But it's nice if you wanted to show us support because uh, you can like us there and subscribe. And we can see that. It's also useful for, like, setting up notifications to tell you whenever we post, which normally it's just every Friday. But since we've been doing this convention stuff, it's... All the time. Yeah, constantly, in fact. You know, if you have notifications, it actually might be kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. With that being said, YouTube is one of the two places that you can communicate with us. You can either do that in the comment section of videos, and we will see that, or you can do it directly to Bob on Twitter. Please suggest better movies than this one. Oh, God, please. I, I said this yesterday for you because it's Friday. I can't keep having anacondas. This was far worse than Anaconda. At least I thought that movie was funny. This was not fun. I uh, did not enjoy myself whatsoever. Yeah. You know, hopefully <sighs> next time we'll return from the grave for a, <laughs> for a better film. Maybe a rave, in fact. That's not, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Damn it. Uh, like, like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at BewareTheBoard. It's where I post updates about the show and any other important information. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode or however many episodes we have to drop, which is basically a movie cover that's hidden, and you can reveal it to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do. I, if you did that for this week, I'm sorry. 
because this was not worth it. Um, <laughs> there is some danger with this. There strategy. is some danger because sometimes movies suck. But well, I I guess you would have posted that in your spoiler. Yeah. Well, I guess I could have been like, <laughs> "Don't watch this, please." Well, you'll know if you saw it. Yeah. That happens in the future. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but uh, when you see the movie, you can go watch before we do. So whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers, or you know, when we're being really vague about stuff, you're not confused about any BS in a movie. And then on whatever day an episode goes up, I post a link to the episode with sometimes now an associated meme. It just depends on the episode. It sometimes depends on if they're relevant. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever like miss an upload or are wondering when something went up, it's always on our Twitter. Check it out. I think the last thing is check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. We're on doing short form content now. I've been posting extra stuff. You brought it back. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> He do, he's doing hand puppets again. I don't remember if that was this episode or not. I, I'm in a haze right now. But yeah, we're doing short-form content, so if that's your thing, check us out there. I've been posting extra clips from the show that no one's ever seen before by re-scrubbing old footage. So that's really cool. So if short-form content is your thing, check us out on TikTok, at Beware the Board, and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, we'll... uh, See you next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>